Hi, I'm Monica Hallen and this is my podcast, Let's Talk Money. Every Friday, a new episode will drop that gives you a snapshot analysis of one money-related topic that has meaning in your life. And then I answer your money questions. My hope is to put you on the path to financial stability and freedom. So, let's talk money. Today, I'm going to demystify index investing. You need to be living under a rock deep in the Bay of Bengal to have escaped meeting the Sensex or Nifty 50. They are the Amitabh Bachchan and the Shah Rukh Khan rolled into one for the business channels. We need to understand these indices before we can get to an investing strategy based on them. But let's get to a more basic question. What is an index number? It's a number that shows the change in price of something when you compare it with the price in the past. The index number that we are most familiar with is the inflation index. We've all read that inflation is up or down, but what does that mean? It means that the index number, the consumer price index that tracks consumer inflation is going up or falling as compared to the previous number. So what is this inflation index made up of? Does it comprise of all the goods and services in the country? No, that would be an impossible task, won't it? So the index is made up of the most representative items, such as food, fuel, clothing, housing, amongst others. The big spends for the consumers are included as representative of all the spends. And each of these further breaks down into its most representative items. The price of some items in the index will go up and the price of some things will go down. Price up and price down will cancel each other. But if the price rise on the average have been more than the price falls, then the index will rise. And we will say inflation is rising. If the opposite happens, and you know it hardly ever does, we get data to say that inflation is falling. We can use this understanding of the price index to now understand stock indices. The Sensex is made up of 30 most representative companies that are listed on the Bombay Stock Exchange. And the Nifty 50 is made up of 50 companies listed on the National Stock Exchange. These indices are made up of companies that represent the sectors they operate in. These are also companies that are most traded on the stock market. When we say the Sensex went up, we mean that more prices rose than fell of the 30 companies in the Sensex. And the opposite is true when the Sensex falls. So do the Sensex companies change or do they remain the same over time? You know, just as new products and services enter the consumer price index and old ones get less important, so also sectors and firms within the indices change. In 1986, the Sensex was made up of companies that included ACC, Bombay Dying, Great Eastern Shipping, Gwalior Rayon, Mukund and Zenith. These exited the index by 2004 and today, there is a new set of companies with just five of the original 30 still in the Sensex. The Nifty 50 has a similar story. So these indices throw out the companies that no longer represent the largest and the best-selling companies on the market. 
and includes companies that represent the new areas of activity in the country. So gone are the cement, steel, commodity and engineering stocks. The changing face of the indices reflect the market change from 1980s to today. So for example, we have now banking, telecom and pharma were sectors that did not find a place in the 1980s sensex, but are now firmly there. And companies are included and excluded based on a formula that decides it, and not because the company chairman is friends with the SEBI chairperson or the CEO of the stock exchange. There is a process in place. So if you could just buy the Sensex or Nifty 50, wouldn't you automatically hold the largest and the most important companies in India that represent sectors of the economy that are doing well? To ride these indices, retail investors like us can invest in an index mutual fund or an exchange-traded fund that tracks these indices. These are typically low-cost funds that simply mimic the chosen index, giving investors a steady, long-term investment opportunity. You must know that market gurus like Warren Buffett recommend that retail investors who do not understand markets must stay safe with an index fund rather than get into stock picking or choosing active funds on their own. You must read more about this. So pick up my book, Let's Talk Mutual Funds to get deeper into this very important subject for us as investors. Happy investing. Okay, on to questions. Today, I'm dealing with the older cohort, people in their 50s and who have hit this golden age of 60 May. What is it that people are asking? The first question is from Uma Said from New Delhi. Would you consider doing a podcast on how to plan retirement at the age of 50? I've read in your book, Let's Talk Money, about how to plan for retirement through the decades. While many like me have the mandatory EPF and PPFs and have been late to the game of mutual funds, is there something that can still be done at the age of 50 or have we missed the bus? Uma, the bus is still there. Hmm? You must know that your 50s is your highest earning decade of your life. This is the peak of your career in which you will earn the most across your entire earning lifespan. And this is also the decade in which your expenses are down. Your home EMIs are over. If not, they should be ASAP. The kids are in jobs and are financially independent of you. Many families in the decade of their 50s are able to salt away more than half their take-home income. In fact, I know of people who've built their entire retirement corpus with very aggressive saving and investing in their 50s. So, no, not late at all, Uma. But we do need to take lower risk than you would have taken in your 30s and 40s. A rough rule of thumb says that your equity allocation must be 100 minus your age. So in your 50s, you need to invest less than half your money in equities and your net worth should show a 50% allocation in equity or less. Now, here's another way to look at your equity investing horizon. Your PF and PPF and other safe investments should yield you an income that takes care of the first decade of your retirement. I'm also hoping that you continue to earn some current income even post the age of 60. This gives us an investment horizon of at least 15 years for equity through mutual funds. I suggest start an SIP 
into an index fund on the Nifty 50 or Sensex and get belted up for the long ride ahead. Uma, begin today. Don't wait anymore. And if you're not able to do this yourself, take the help of a financial advisor. But begin. The next question comes from Chennai. This gentleman is called Paul Pandian. I am 60 years of age and have been investing for the last 10 years, mainly through mutual funds with accumulated value of about 1.3 crore. I want this amount in the same mutual funds and will redeem only when the need arises. I've just retired and will get a monthly pension of about 90,000 to support my routine monthly expenses. I've received about 100 lakh from superannuation and want to invest these in financial instruments that will generate additional income of about 40,000 per month. I've just subscribed to the Senior Citizen Savings Scheme and invested 30 lakh from the 100 lakh. Kindly suggest funds for my following requirements for the remaining 70 lakh, and I want to keep 15 lakh each for my two sons' wedding, which is five years and seven years away. That leaves 40 lakhs. I want this 40 lakh to be invested in a manner which can generate another 20,000 per month without losing the principal value to supplement my pension. Paul, that's a really detailed analysis and a set of questions. But you know, how to allocate money at the time of retirement remains a subject that is not addressed too often. There's a lot of information on how to target your retirement, but what you do with the pot once you finally hit 60. So I'm really happy that you're taking a planned approach to this rather than just buying one product and being done with it. So I like the fact that you've taken 30 lakh from the 1 crore off the superannuation and put it in a very safe senior citizen savings scheme. This is a Government of India scheme, which is currently giving a return of 8.2% per year. For those who might not know this product, this is a 5-year deposit that can be extended for 3 years. The interest rate can change every quarter and is fixed by the government. The interest is paid out every quarter and remember, if you don't claim the interest, it does not go back and get added to the main principal or the 30 lakh. You need to withdraw the interest as it will earn no further interest on it. You need another 30 lakh for the wedding of your two sons that are 5 and 7 years away. Given that interest rates are high at this point, especially for senior citizens, choose a deposit that is giving at least 75 to 8.5% return. Your other options are a conservative hybrid mutual fund, but there is this risk of choosing an underperforming fund that you might not want to take. If you have good advice and are able to choose a consistent fund, then go that way to target a higher return. Some good funds have maintained a 10 to 12% annual return over a 10-year period in this category. Your next move is to invest the 40 lakh to earn additional income to supplement the 90,000 rupees a month from pension that you get. You want an additional 20,000 a month or rupees 2.4 lakh a year. A return rate of just 6% a year will give you this amount for the 40 lakh that you have left. Choose a fixed deposit that gives you between 7.5 to 8.5 at least. And if there are savings from this interest income after your monthly expenses, invest that into your equity mutual fund portfolio or through an index fund. Your biggest risk for the future is inflation. Keep your equity mutual fund portfolio growing with additional savings as you go along. You might need to switch from equity to debt 10 to 15 years into your retirement 
as inflation begins to reduce the purchasing power of your fixed income money. But as of now, Paul, you're looking all set for your retirement. The last question is from Naren Rogataman. Since my dad had retired from central government service, I am desperate to replicate his old pension scheme as a money cushion. I'm 35 and working in the private sector. I'm highly apprehensive of my retirement and I end up spending less on essentials for daily functioning and don't take vacations. I would like to hire a fee-only financial planner that is SEBI registered to chalk out a plan for my retirement. Is there a ballpark target I should have? Also, are there any financial instruments to avoid by default? Narain, the old pension scheme is mostly not possible anymore since the central government employees have all been moved to the NPS. You are in the private sector and at 35 are afraid that you will be underfunded for your retirement. This is a valid fear and I do hope I can help. First, you need to estimate what your spends will be at age 60. You should use an inflation calculator to take your current expenses and extrapolate them to age 60. Whatever number you get as the annual spend at age 60, multiply that number by 26 to see what your retirement target should be. Then you use the calculators on the SEBI Investor website to work out how much you need to target as savings today. You can access that at investor.sebi.gov.in. Let's take an example. Let's say that your annual spend today is rupees 10 lakh and we estimate that inflation should be at around 5% a year. Then you will need 34 lakh annually after 25 years when you hit age 60. Multiply by 26 and you get a target of rupees 8.8 crore. It does look huge, doesn't it? Except when we begin to target it systematically. Now let's take a return rate of 12% over the 25 years ahead and you get a monthly saving target of just 55,000 rupees a month. That is all that it will take if you do it in a systematic, sustained manner and use the growth that equity can give. Your other option, of course, is going through a financial planner. You can get a list of SEBI-registered financial advisors that are fee-only on the site aria.org.in that's aria.org.in I suggest that you talk to at least three planners before you decide on working with one. You're asking what products to avoid. Simply stay away from products that you do not understand. Stay away from direct stock trading, futures and options, cryptocurrencies. Basically, anything that looks too good to be true is usually a scam. I can assure you that once you have a saving target and you meet it, you will also be able to enjoy life today. Remember that money is both for taking care of needs today and tomorrow. You should not look back at 60 and regret not spending on comforts, luxuries and vacations today. Narain, I really hope that you get to work with a good planner and get on to a solid plan that gives you both stability and comfort, both today and for tomorrow. And that's a wrap for today. I enjoy answering your money questions. Remember, I don't look at individual portfolios. I don't recommend products. Look upon this space as a place to ask strategy questions, doubts, and just basic things that you might not understand. Each time you have a good money outcome, I feel that I have one. 
To make sure that you don't miss an episode, press follow and help your friends get money smart by sharing a link with them. You can reach out to me at mailme at the rate monikahalan.com. That's Monica with a K. Tag my social media handles at the rate Monica Hallen. And finally, remember that you should have money and money should not have you. So let's talk money again soon. Bye. Let's Talk Money is hosted by Monica Hallen. This is a Made in India production. Creative Director, May Mariam Thomas. Project Manager, Sean Phantom. Head of Audio Production, Karthik Kulkarni. Producer, Meghna Gulati. Sound Editor, Lakshman Parsuram. Artwork Design by Alika Gupta.